Welcome to the Natural Super Kids podcast, where you will discover practical strategies to inspire you to boost the health and nutrition of your kids. I'm Jessica Donovan, a qualified naturopath specializing in kids' health, and I want to make it as easy as possible for you to raise healthy and happy kids. Let's get into it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. So hopefully everyone's kids have settled back into school or kindy or preschool or childcare um, or, you know, the the routine of their new year really well. Uh, We're going to be talking today a little bit about some research that has come out. This is building on what we talked about last week in the podcast, which was the hygiene hypothesis and how it can affect our kids' immune systems. And this topic today is similar, um, but I just think it drives home this importance of a healthy microbiome and how how easily we can achieve it um, in our kids or some of the easy ways that we can achieve it with our kids. So I wanted to talk specifically today about some research that has come out. Um, It's being called the forest floor research. It was some research done in Finland. Uh, Very interesting um, and fascinating research. And uh, there's been a lot of articles that have been circulating about it. So you may have seen it somewhere. Uh, There was an article in Science Alert that said daycares in Finland build a forest floor and it changed children's immune system. So that gives you a bit of an idea about, you know, the what this research is is telling us or is all about. So let me tell you a little bit more about this research. As I said, it was done in Finland. It was a fairly small group of children, so there's definitely more research and work that needs to be done in this area. Um, so 75 kids were involved in the study, and they attended seven different daycare centres in Finland. All of the kids had similar number of siblings, pets, time spent outdoors, fruit and vegetable intake to minimise the variables. And throughout the study um, that only went for a month, they were given the same meals, these 75 children, again, to minimise any variables that could affect the results. So what happened was researchers went in overnight and transformed the outdoor areas of the of four of the seven daycare centers so four of the of the seven daycare centers received greening transformations so they put down lawn they planted forest undergrowth they put crops into planter boxes so basically created a green space for the kids to be able to play these spaces were before this transformation, they were typical urban environments. So there was pavement, there was gravel, there was very little greenery. And so three of those daycare centres remained the same for a control. Um, and so the study went for four weeks and over this period of four weeks, these 75 kids played outside for 90 minutes a day. So some of them were in the transformed green spaces and they were just let 
to play. You know, they played in the dirt. They did what preschool kids do when kind of let loose in a, in a green environment like that. Um, but some of the kids were in the three daycare centres that didn't get these green transformations. So they were still playing outside, but they were playing in these more urban type environments with pavement and gravel and very little greenery. So at the end of the four weeks, there was a whole variety of studies that were done. Um, But just to kind of simplify the results for you, and I will definitely pop a link to more details about this research for anyone who's interested in digging into, um, you know, more into the science a bit more and exactly the changes that were were seen in these kids. But after um, the four weeks, the kids that were playing in the new forested spaces had an increase in the diversity of their microbiome on both their skin and within their gut. And this diversity had significantly improved in the kids that were um, playing in these green outdoor spaces. And also these kids that had the transformed green outdoor spaces had um, improvements in their immune and inflammatory markers. So to put really simply, their microbiome was healthier, their skin microbiome was healthier, their immune system was healthier, and their inflammatory markers were reduced. Inflammation, of course, is a marker of a, a, a sort of overall marker of um, ill health and, and lots of uh childhood conditions that we see so prominently today have increased inflammatory markers. So that's pretty exciting. In the period, in in that short period of just four weeks um, and 90 minutes a day, uh, these kids' health has improved really overall. So this really does support the theory that the simple act of playing outside in natural spaces is beneficial for our kids in so many different ways, but particularly as this research suggests, really beneficial for their microbiome and their immune system. And so this is supporting the biodiversity hypothesis. Remember last week we talked about the hygiene hypothesis, and if you missed that, you can definitely go back and have a listen to that. Um, But the, the biodiversity hypothesis says that contact with natural environments enriches the microbiome, promotes immune balance, and protects from allergy and inflammatory disorders. So really, it's all about exposure to to microbes in a natural environment is good for our kids' immune systems, and it helps to protect them against immune disorders like allergy and inflammatory disorders. And the head researcher in charge of this study and research, um, he stated that I was quite surprised to see such highly significant changes to occur in such a short amount of time. He, um, He says, it implies that the immune system is still extremely pliable at that young age. Over time, it becomes more stubbornly set in its ways. I think that every child should have access to this kind of environment. They have more to win and more to lose, he continues. 
And I really wanted to repeat that because I think it's so powerful that it's so important that we are supporting our kids' immune systems at as early an age as possible. Of course, it's never too late, but if we can, you know, get them exposed to these outdoor healthy environments from a really young age, then it is going to be beneficial for their overall health, both in the current moment and also in the years to come. I mean, the way that our immune system functions affects our health well beyond what is happening right now. And so, you know, there is that that theory that the um, these sorts of things can really help to prevent autoimmune conditions and allergies from developing. Of course, you know, allergies, as we talked about last week, are on the rise. There's a, you know, a real problem with allergies in the Western world. And, uh, you know, it's not just kids that are developing new allergies, it's adults as well. So we definitely want to take this on board as adults um, for our own health, but for our kids as this researcher says, um, you know, they, the kids have more to win and more to lose. And I think you'll agree that it's a really simple thing that we can do. Not always easy because I know we we lead really busy lives. And so we want to set this up so that it happens without us having to put in lots of effort every day to get our kids outside. Um, and of course, playing outside, playing in natural environments, um, just being in natural environments for our kids is not just good for their immune systems and their microbiome. It's also really important for their mental health. There's um, you know, research that suggests that the more time we spend outside and the more time we spend in nature, the less um, you know, the, the less the prevalence of things like depression and anxiety for both adults and children. We know that um, outside natural environments are good for our kids' eyesight. They're good for our kids' brain development. It's good for our kids' sensory integration. It's definitely one of the things that I recommend for any kids that have any sensory issues um, or you know, sensory processing disorder that we want to get them playing outside. Um, It's a very different experience than an indoor environment and, you know, being on a screen, which is what our kids are doing more and more when they're indoors. So being outside is really good for our kids in so many different ways. It also reminds, I also did want to really bring up Um, another article that I was reading a couple of days ago. This article was in the conversation and I will link that in the show notes as well. Um, And it's along the lines of what we're talking about. And the, the title of the article was, A Healthy Microbiome Builds a Strong Immune System That Could Help Defeat COVID-19. And of course, that's a very catchy headline. Of course, I had to read that article. It was written by a researcher and he was stating that the composition of the gut microbiome is the strongest predictor of COVID severity. And so again, there's more research that needs to be done in this area, but him and a team of researchers are looking into specifically specific microbes and specific strains of microbes that are present within the microbiome of people who are, um, you know, are, are 
affected by COVID in a really severe way. And they're finding that there is definitely a difference. So if you're interested in reading more about that, I'll definitely link that article in the show notes as well. But overall, I think both of these um, points really do uh, bring, I guess it's just another way to illustrate how important uh, the microbiome is to an overall healthy functioning immune system. And when we're talking about immunity, I like to kind of really simplify it because a lot of people can get confused about immunity and what's immunity got to do with allergies and you know, is, isn't the immunity that we're talking about with allergies different to the immunity that we're talking about um, in terms of protecting us from COVID, for example? Uh, and so there really are, like to put simply, there are two arms to the immune system. Um, one is the defensive arm of the immune system, which, you know, entails a lot of different cells and organs and um, different chemicals in in the blood as well. But the defensive side of the immune system is the side that protects us against viruses, bacteria, microbes. So it's the part of our immune system we're thinking about when we want to strengthen our immune our kids' immune systems to stop them getting the colds and the flus and all the all the germs that they pick up at school or at daycare, um, which are which are mostly prevalent in the cooler months in the winter. But the other part of our immune system is more the regulatory part of our immune system. And that's the part of our immune system that decides what it's going to react to. Um, and it helps to um, yeah, regulate the immune function so that when we are eating things or breathing things in, the a healthy immune system um, and a well-balanced immune system will say, okay, this is okay, it's just a food, or this is okay, it's just some dust. You know, this is not something I need to elicit an immune response against. But when the immune system is confused, as it is in allergies and atopic conditions such as eczema and asthma and hay fever, um, then the the decisions that that regulatory side of the immune system makes are often wrong. Um, you know, it's it's telling the body, hang on, there's a there's a threat here. This food is causing a threat, and that's kind of how allergies um, work: is that the immune system is elic eliciting a response um, when it really doesn't need to. Uh, but that can obviously cause a lot of problematic and even life-threatening uh, symptoms and, and conditions. So we want to be developing our kids' immune system in a healthy way from as early as possible. And really, you know, ideally, we want this to start in utero, even before in utero, even before we fall pregnant. You know, we can be taking on board a lot of these strategies for the microbiome and for the immune system so that our microbiome as mums is as healthy as possible while we're pregnant, when we give birth, when we're breastfeeding, that all has an effect on our kids' microbiomes. And what we're seeing is that that really sort of slow depletion of the diversity of the microbiome through the generations. And that is only going to get worse unless we take action and change our habits, change our dietary habits, change our lifestyle habits. And over the last couple of weeks, this week and last week, we've talked about these theories. This week, the biodiversity theory 
or hypothesis and last week the hygiene hypothesis. So these are really more lifestyle uh, changes that we can make to improve our kids' immune system, to improve our kids' microbiome. And yes, you know, they're not sort of solid science yet. We do definitely need more work in these areas, but I think you'll agree that we know that outdoor time and time connected to nature is good for us, is good for our kids. So why not implement some more of that within our family habits, within our routines and rituals as families? Um, Because, you know, it's only going to be beneficial. There's no negatives that are going to sort of come from that. Um, And I just love this because it illustrates the fact that, you know, improving our kids' health doesn't have to be complicated and we don't have to, you know, give them a whole heap of supplements to make them healthy or we don't have to completely, um, you know, transform our family's diet if that feels really big for you. Uh, You know, this simple act of getting our kids outside into natural spaces and doing the same for ourselves can be so beneficial for their microbiome, their gut health, their immune system, for reducing and preventing things like allergies. And so, you know, this is really important. Um, So I just want to end with a couple of action points I think you can think about um, in terms of how to implement this into your lifestyle. As I said, I know everyone's busy. You know, it's hard to cho- to change our routine and our habits as families. And uh, But I hope that this does inspire you to think about a few changes you can make. And as always, I, you know, really recommend a step-by-step approach. You don't have to do it all any little change that you can make to get your kids outside in natural spaces a bit more often is going to be beneficial for them. So first of all, I think this highlights the need to choose your kids' school or their childcare centre or their kindy or their preschool wisely. Now, I know not everyone has a lot of choice, but there are a lot of us that do. Particularly if we're living in cities, you know, we might have a few different options for a childcare centre. And one of them could have a beautiful green outdoor space and another may just have, you know, the, the asphalt and the, and the concrete. So we want to be thinking about these things when we're choosing where our kids are going to be spending significant amounts of time. And I think this is also important when we are getting our kids involved in sports and activities. You know, so many of these are done indoors or um, on kind of urban envi- urban um, or in urban environments, I should say. So, um, you know, thinking about getting kids involved in sports and activities where there is some exposure to natural environments, um, even if it is just a green lawn, manicured lawn, it's still better than, you know, something that's played in the gym, for example. So just thinking about this when we're choosing the care for our kids, the school for our kids, the activities for our kids. And of course, we're, we're not always going to be able to completely change our, our kids' interests into something that is more outdoory if that's not them. But just, I think, considering that is important. Um, the second action point is to think about what you do 
how you spend your time on weekends or on your time off as a family and trying to plan some more days or some more hours or some more whole weekends even in natural spaces. And that could look like visiting a local national park to you and going there for an explore or a picnic, going camping. We love camping. If you've been following me for any length of time, you'll know that I'm a big camping fan. And the kids just love it. Even though now my kids are a bit older, I have a teenager, 13-year-old. Um, he is quite outdoorsy, but he, you know, away from his screen, he can get, you know, bored easily. But when they're in that outdoor environment, they find things to do. They might grizzle for the first couple of hours that there's nothing to do, but before long they're, you know, they're building a fort or they're climbing a tree or they're making a cubby. Um, they're collecting some sort of sticks or shells or, uh, so, you know, getting outdoors, um, with your family, I think on the weekends more is a great thing that we can all do. And if that feels big for you, if you're not camping people, um, if you feel like your kids would never agree to go on a picnic to a national park with you, think about their, their interests and try, try and engage them. Um, you know, you might do some orienteering or go to a nature park, nature playground nearby. Think about what your kids might enjoy and what you might enjoy as well. And thirdly, I think it's important that we have a, an engaging outdoor space for our kids very close to us, in our backyard or very close, um, you know, to our home. So they can get outdoors without it being, you know, a big outing or a big effort. Of course, those those things are great to do as well on the weekends, but in, during a busy week, you know, we want an engaging outdoor space that our kids can play in um, really easily. So think about how you can make your backyard or whatever outdoor space you have access to a bit more engaging for your kids. Could you plant a vegetable garden together? Um, and get your kids involved in the watering and the picking and the planting um, and the taking care of it. It's a great little like responsibility project to give to kids. You know, if they don't water the plants, they're going to die. So it's, yeah, really good for them to, to learn, depending on their age, you know, what needs to be done to keep things alive. Um, so a veggie garden is just one example Maybe if you've got younger kids, you could set up a bit of a mud kitchen. These can be really simple. You know, you can see some some pretty, uh, you know, special ones on Instagram, but definitely don't feel like you need to do all or nothing. You can go to the secondhand shop or the op shop and grab some old utensils, um, you know, a bucket of water, a bit of dirt or mud, um, and you can have a very simple mud kitchen uh, really easily. So thinking about either creating a bit of a mud kitchen outside or maybe doing yours up. You know, it was a bit of a craze to get mud kitchens and then kids will play on them for a while and then stop playing on them. So maybe you could add to your mud kitchen, um, add, you know, add some different utensils and things that the kids could play with. So think about that um, and even just simple water play outside with kids. It's summer here in South Australia, so we've been doing things like getting the slip and slide out um, 
and putting the sprinkler under the trampoline for the kids and they've just been loving that and it you know gets them outside um, and gives them something to do to cool down on those hot days. So just thinking about how you can make your outdoor space more engaging. And if you are a club member, we've got uh, quite a few resources in the club that can help you with this. We have the interview with Jason Tyndall from Nature Play SA that gives you lots of different ideas for different age groups. Um, and he talks about the benefits of getting outside as well. Uh, and there's a few other resources within the club that can really help as well. So uh, if you're a club member, you can log in and find those in the club membership site or come over into the Facebook group and ask for, for ideas as well. If you're not a club member, we will be opening the club very soon in March uh, for new members to join. So I'll pop a link in the show notes on how you can get on the wait list. And in the club, it's all about supporting and inspiring busy mums to raise healthy and happy kids. And we talk a lot about outdoor play ideas. Um, We have recipes and meal plans and videos and cheat sheets on all of the the different topics that we talk about in Natural Super Kids, which is really just about helping to boost the health and nutrition of your kids so that they are healthier and happier, not just now, but in the long term as well. So that's just a little tip if you're a club member. And also, if you're not a club member and um, you want, because I think club members will mostly have already have access to this, but we do have a free Kids Gut Health ebook that you can download. Again, I'll pop the link in the show notes. And this talks about some simple ways that you can start to build your kids' gut health, outdoor play being one of those, but it talks also about, you know, foods and things we want to avoid as well in our diet and lifestyle that will keep kill off the good bacteria in our gut. So I would highly recommend that you download our free Gut Health for Kids ebook if you haven't already. Link to that is in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, I would really appreciate it if you could leave a review on iTunes, um, letting me know about what what you enjoyed about this episode. And I'd love to know one thing that you will, will do to take action on what you've learned in this episode as well. Thank you so much for joining me and I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Head on over to our website, naturalsuperkids.com for the show notes for this episode as well as a whole heap of inspiration to help you raise healthy and happy kids. I'll see you next week.